never, ever stop connecting with people and never stop helping people. It doesn't take any of your effort or time to just connect somebody with somebody you know that will help them in the future. Welcome back to the Kelly Lindbergh Podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert who is on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people daily to take action, to do something different, to show up as that person that they aspire to be or just make a difference. I want to hear if you are one of my five a day. Has this podcast inspired you? Then subscribe or write a review. Let me know. Come and say hi on Instagram and tell me what it is that you've done. Kelly Loomberg Official is where you will find me. So in today's episode, I have a super special guest. She is actually one of my best friends and has been for the past 18 years after meeting in Dubai. And we actually talk in this episode how we met and it really ties in nicely to the title of this because it's all about connections and Yvonne... I wanted to bring her on because she is just incredible at connecting with people and connecting others. I've watched her set up businesses all over the world and travel and hospitality are honestly part of her DNA. Yvonne's lived and worked in Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Dubai and laterally South Africa before arriving home to Scotland to create the luxury brand which is Turing Castle Scotland. As I said, Yvonne is a people connector. Um, She loves networking. And in this episode, she talks about how this has really helped grow her luxury brand during Castle. She also has a secret love of country music. She might kill me for telling you all this. She loves red lipstick and fine wine. So hey, how could you not be friends with this person? And I'm sure you're going to get so much from this podcast and this episode. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Yvonne. I'm so happy to have you here. I know. Thanks so much for including me. So it's, excited. It's just, I mean, it's so nice how, you know, how we met, which we're going to talk about, how that kind of all came about. But, you know, now, what is it? How long have we known each other? 15 years? Oh, at least. I've yeah. lost touch. And we've come sort of, you know, you've, you've seen through all the businesses that I've had. We've holidayed together. I've seen your family grow up, your kids. You know, it, you know, it's just, it's lovely. So I guess maybe we should start with how we actually met because I think it's quite funny. So I'll start with the, I got this message when I first started my business, my styling agency back in 2005. And I remember getting this email from you that said, hi, I've just moved to Dubai from Singapore, from Malaysia. 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 I have some jewelry that your clients might be interested. Do you want to meet with me? And I was like, who this lady is but sure I'll meet with her for a coffee and I remember we organized to meet in Starbucks in Mercato Mall and I had this I had this idea that I was meeting I don't know I didn't expect someone Scottish I thought I was meeting someone from Malaysia and who had a jewelry business and then in walks Yvonne and she just looks beautiful in her red lipstick and we just hit it off immediately (laughs) I know. I don't actually think I've ever hit it off so quickly with anyone. 
But same thing. I mean, I knew no one in Dubai. I, I've been an expat in Malaysia for nine years. And basically, my heart was broken to leave Malaysia. So the first week I got to Dubai, as soon as I land in a new country, I kind of pick myself up immediately and think, right now, what am I going to do? So I picked up a local newspaper and there was a little um, article on, on yourself, Kelly. And I read it and I thought, OK, she's a stylist, mm, Kelly Lundberg. OK, I had it in my head that it was going to be this really tall, sort of statuesque American lady, maybe from New York. I don't know why, but I, I always sort of have a, a good feeling about things. So, yes, sent an email and immediately you answered, which I was super impressed with because I thought, goodness, she's a stylist. And, you know, I've just got a collection of, of jewellery. Let me see how this goes. And we met in Starbucks. And I think within half an hour, I said to you, forget this, come back to my house. And you literally were in my home within 45 minutes of meeting me. I mean, it was that immediate. Because when I walked in, realized our background career was the same. Obviously, I'm quite a bit older than you, but we still just completely hit it off from day one. And the rest is history. I mean, you talk about it, it was, it was 2005. Yeah. And it's and, and right. just to be, you know, you were, I remember, you know, you've been part of me. Do you remember running around the night before I uh, won the Lloyd's TSB Small Business Awards and you were down in Satwa? And, and I really just got rid of that fabric, by the way. And Yvonne bought me this black fabric for the table. So at the, the awards ceremony, we had like the opportunity to have... Um, a table and Yvonne was like no you need to dress it I'll get some fabric for it and do you remember coming and you there's just so much that we've been part of and this is about you know your um your journey and so where you are now so for those that can't see the screen I am looking obviously at Yvonne but behind you have got a beautiful picture of Turing Castle so why don't you kind of maybe give a little bit of a backstory as to where you are now um, and then we'll kind of dive into some questions about the sort of journey along the way. Absolutely. I mean, I think it all started when I was in school. I mean, I, I went to university, graduated, thought, what do I do now? All I wanted to do was get out of Scotland and travel and see the world. So I um, got a job doing long haul flying, which I absolutely adored. And then my husband was in the oil business and we got transferred to be expats in, um, in Thailand. And kind of from the minute we started to do that, I, I settled in really easily because I was so used to flying anyway and being in a different country every week. So it wasn't daunting for me to go move to Thailand when, by the way, I had a five-week-old baby in my arms and a two-year-old toddler. So we moved to, to Bangkok. Then we lived in Singapore for three years. We were nine years in um, Malaysia. And then we moved to Dubai. After that, we went to um, South Africa. And along the way, even with small children, I'm a slight entrepreneur. Every country I lived in, even in Thailand, I set up a business just to keep myself busy and saw opportunities and everything. So but the trouble was, each time I did, of course, my husband's job was the reason we were there. And, and my husband would come home one day and say, Oh, by the way, I've got something to tell you. That was always the tagline of, oh, no, my life is over. This chapter, I'm going to be dragged to another country. And I never, ever wanted to go. But the second I would land in another country, I'd think, oh, OK, so what can I do here? I was devastated to leave. But 
it was like being given a new opportunity every time I moved, like an open book, blank page. What what can I do here? And the and the story of how we came back to Scotland was twenty three years overseas. Um, our kids had gone through university and they were both in the UK. My husband really wanted to move back to Scotland, and I'm not going to lie, Ellie, <laughs> I didn't. However, uh, I, I just needed a project. So behind me is the project, and all the way behind me, even behind my shoulder, is, is Turin Castle. And I thought, oh, well, I'm moving back to Scotland. I know Scotland, so this is going to be easy. I'll start a wedding business and buy a big property. And there's a whole story behind that, too, as to how this property came about. It's quite, quite interesting. But um, that's sort of the story. My husband is a workaholic, as am I, probably. Kelly, would you attest to that? Hey, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yvonne replies to emails at three o'clock in the morning, which when we're on holiday, so there's there's a, a third part to our little um, trio. Um, so Yvonne's one of my best friends and Sarah's also one of my best friends. And I know that she gets, Sarah gets particularly annoyed when you <laughs> reply to emails at three in the morning. Um, work-wise but for those that can because a lot of you will listen to this as a podcast you'll see on the website um, pictures of Turin Castle or to go to the um, to your Instagram what's your Instagram handle just Turin underscore Castle Scotland oh and it is an amazing property so I've been so fortunate I've stayed a number of times enjoyed your amazing hospitality and it's weird because I feel like I just come and visit you in your house and stay over (laughs) (laughs) when other people you know they come for their wedding and you know it's it's very different for people And, and you know remember we did the shoot with my um nephews and oh we've had so many fun times so we've got this beautiful, you thought, right, I'm going to come back, start a wedding business, have a property to do that. And how many years ago was that? That was seven years ago in May, believe it or not. I do not know where the time's gone. I mean, everyone says that, but it's just flown past. I, I just pinched myself at the thought of being in Scotland for seven years because it's just been crazy busy since we opened, really. And it's it's had its challenges for sure. I mean, every business does. But just all the background of living overseas, you think differently when you move back to Scotland in a good way, in a global way. So that's something that I'm really, really happy that I've got in my background is the fact that I've I've been able to have the opportunity to live in so many dynamic places, Dubai probably being the most dynamic place I lived in. Yeah. Because we were there when when it was crazy busy and, and it, I mean, the construction was insane and it was such an exciting place to be when we lived there and it was starting up and you were starting out. And thanks to Kelly, my, my little jewellery business that was an offshoot of my business I had in Malaysia sort of went really well. We used to style people for the races. Remember, we used to get their outfits down, their hats down, and then we would style Absolutely. them all. And, and, it, and we did made-to-measure everything. And, and it was just so fun. I mean, it was just fashion, fashion, fun. There was always something happening. So, I, I mean, I miss those days. But Scotland's, Scotland's different. It makes you proud to show off your country to foreign guests. 
How hard was that transition? Because people would automatically assume you've lived all over the world. That's the hard part of starting a business in Bangkok or starting something in Malaysia. And then you come home to Scotland. You know, yeah. what was that like? Was Did you think it was going to be easier? Was it harder? What was the sort of that kind of the thoughts? I actually there? think no, it's probably the hardest place I've set up a business, which sounds ridiculous, but it's kind of a, a little bit easier to have an idea in a country that's not your own and it, because it's much better received in a way. Um, whatever you do as an expat in a country, you've got the, the comfort of knowing that you've got a captive audience as well. You've got expats around you who mm-hmm. will, you know, become your friends. It's a small community and they're very supportive. And the countries that you have lived in were always very supportive of new businesses, not to say Scotland's not, for sure. I mean, they're very supportive. I mean, we've got Visit Scotland, we've got Scottish Enterprise, we've got Scottish Development International. They're really proactive. Yeah. But to come back, my mistake was I thought I knew Scotland, but I'd been gone for 23 years, so so many things had changed. And it just takes a lot longer to get things done here. I'm used to Asia where there's always someone who's looking for a job and wants to do something in it and not thinks out the box, but there's just a pool of people that are creative and, and things move a lot faster than they do in Scotland. And I suppose you're quite remote as well. So it's not like, oh, can you come yeah. and fix this? It's, you know, you're yeah, honestly, the, the photography that you have for the castle, like it is literally set in fields in Scotland, in greenery, yeah. like it is yeah. beautiful. Um, so I guess the logistics of trying to get someone, I mean, here we've exactly. got Insta Shop, you know, getting Insta Shop on an app to deliver, you know, it's not quite the same. Yeah. My son said the first week we were here, can we order a pizza? And I just said, uh, no. <laughs> and he just couldn't couldn't believe it because he'd been brought up as an ex-pat kid in, in cities. But that said, it's all about perspective. And the fact is that the guests that we have are from overseas. And this is what I've been driven to, to achieve is global clients coming to Scotland. Because when we lived in Africa, we lived in Cape Town latterly, and we bought Turin when we lived there. And when you live in a country like Africa, you look at Scotland and realize how tiny it is. So logistically, I'm not, I look at it like it, to get to the West Coast from Turin is nothing. I mean, we used to go for drives in Africa that would be four hours there to get to a fabulous beach and then four hours back and you would do that but in Scotland people would think well you're in England by the time you've driven yeah totally yeah yeah so location wise where Turin is and remoteness I always laugh because I was remote in Malaysia I was remote in in Dubai because I was remote from my home whereas here I mean after you've been an expat you come home I mean it's just so super exciting to be in a supermarket that actually has got everything that you would ever dream of wanting. <laughs> I know in Dubai you have to go to three different supermarkets to get the certain things that you want. Absolutely, absolutely. What, what kind of clients then come to Turin? So you've got two. You've got two kind of business operations. You've got your weddings, which will be yeah. one type of clientele, and then you've got super luxury 
um, yeah. high-end guests that rent the castle for a week. I think you've even had people that, didn't you have some people that stayed a month? Yeah, yeah. That was the real definitive game-changing moment. We bought this as a wedding venue and it's perfect for that. The grounds are just a dream. We've got locations everywhere. There's 20 acres and we've got what was a swimming pool. In fact, it still is. But I've converted it into a wedding room because it's more fun to dance on than it is to swim in, was my mentality. And we all know that you love to dance, people. <laughs> <laughs> secret, secret um, are coming out. So we, we can host 100 for weddings. So I did that for the first two years. And then we had a sprinkling of American clients who wanted to stay in a castle. Um, and then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we had a request for uh, just the most beautiful family I think I've ever met to come and take us for a month. And they were golfers. So we're located in the heart of golf country, near beaches, near the highlands. Anyway, they were avid golfers and they wanted to just be and be in one place and travel a lot, but just come home at night. And that's kind of what we've done with Turin. It's more about come home it's a different hospitality model because it just is around what I know and it's more about hosting um than being a traditional hotel in out you know bed and breakfast whatever it's a completely different concept but that sort of evolved because I've just learned on my feet but I learned so much from this this family and they came for four weeks and on the third day, um, the client said, Yvonne, just surprises. He said, you seem to understand who we are. And he said, I don't want you to ask me ever in-house, would I like? He said, I know that you know what I like. And he said, so just at the end of the stay, tell us, just tell us whatever. And obviously, they came through a fabulous agent that we adored. And they did all the golf tours and everything else. But every morning at 6 a.m., we would meet for 28 days in my office with a cup of tea and say, now what we're going to do. And, and it was just thinking out the box, thinking on your feet. It was just an absolute dream. I love, love a challenge and I love a difficult challenge. And these clients weren't difficult in any way, shape or form, but for 28 days to surprise someone um, with the same property. I mean, everyone jokes that I like to turn it around every day. I like to have a different experience for clients when they come home. But we had to do it for 28 days straight. And I didn't. Did you ever give them a day off? Well, this is what I was going to say. I didn't take a day off. It's different because it's my business and I'm so passionate about it. But my team actually didn't want to take their days off because we were having so much fun that they were like, I don't want my days off. Can I stay? Because there was so many crazy things happening. There were helicopters, there were surprises, there was fireworks. They flew in a Grammy award winner from Los Angeles to perform at Turin. So nobody wanted to have a day off because they were frightened to miss something. Homo. <laughs> and we became this, this team of eight people who were running on adrenaline. And I think at the end, 
you know, everyone needed probably two weeks off to recover. But I don't think I've ever had so much fun. It, it defined who we were in hospitality right there because we all just thought that is what Turin's all about. It's about surprising people. And this the whole notion of hospitality, and not just in Scotland, but I'm not a hotelier. And I came back naively thinking I could conquer the world and I could just, oh, I'll just set up a, a wedding venue. Because I think you gain confidence from from just trying little things as you go and, and learning and certain things I'd done overseas had been a success. So then you just sort of gain momentum. And so this little, we call it a little eye of the storm, probably Turin, because what happens at Turin is so different to any other venue. And it's quite a hard thing to talk about until you come and experience it. And, and that's kind of how I sell it when I'm talking to, to buyers and clients. Oh, and you've, you mean, I have to say, you've always been an amazing host, even from when we've just popped rounds. Like Yvonne's always got cupcakes or muffins ready and iced. And, you know, you, you're an amazing host. And that comes a lot with, you know, having to host people in all these different countries and then you're back. But, you know, hosting and, and really offering that amazing service that you do. Um, like I remember you telling me once we were on a plane. I can't remember where we were going. And you told me about the the six chaps that had come and stayed, and and it. Oh, made, yeah. And I loved that story. And you said the the six guys, and I may tell it wrong, but the six guys had an amazing time. And at the end, you were going, you know, did you have fun? You know, blah blah. Have you forgotten anything? And they were like, no, 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 we've got everything. And then you were like, but what about gifts for your children and your spouse? That was right, wasn't it? And you yeah, had gone. Yeah behind the scenes, spoken to the PA, organized gifts for all the family, and it was just there for them to take out. Yeah, yeah. They were flying. The reason was they it was an incentive trip. Uh, they came from the East Coast of the US, and they were flying private. So the jet was waiting for them, and I knew that they weren't even going to go through the airport terminal. And they'd, they'd been fishing, hunting, uh, golfing, they had the time of their lives. If you were going to do a week in Scotland, they did it, like did it to death. And, and they, we loved having them. And the more I got to know them, I kind of listened. When they came back, they were talking about their wives and their children. And I had a really good relationship with the PA, which is what it's about. It's not about opening the door and welcoming guests. It's at children, it's like, it's not intrusive. We want to know what your favorite music is. What, you know, who are you as a person? How can we do something that costs nothing, tweak something, like have your favorite song playing when you walk through the door? Something like that. And, and these guys could not believe that I had bought all these gifts for them. And I'd wrap them and I'd put their children's names on them. And everything was returnable. So there was no cost. And I said, you don't have to take these. However, I strongly suggest you do. And they were just like, we can't believe you did this. And immediately had this guilt complex of we didn't think of our families because we were having too much fun. <laughs> so off they went onto the private jet with their little bags. And 
and definitely got brownie points when they got home. But that doesn't cost anything. Hospitality doesn't have to be an upsell. It should be a, how did we think out of the box for these people and just make it make it better? I think that all goes back to our lives living abroad as well, because mm. your life as an expat was always about helping people and connecting. And that came from all these years having to move countries and start again. Um, and I think that changes you as a person. I've always been a people person, but I think to have the challenges of being dropped in a country knowing no one with little or no support and having to say, okay, well, at the school gates, thankfully, I'm going to meet people that have got children my age or when the kids, as they grew up, it was more about, you know, business connections and and, and what could you do to keep yourself busy? Mm. I guess people are probably listening um, to this now and going like oh, brilliant stories, love it. But how do you start working with those kind of clients? It's not like you you launched this venue and you had a database of people. Like, I mean, you've had to build that up over seven years and the reputation. Like, where do you find clients that want that kind of experience? Like, what, what's been your journey to, to growing the business from a marketing perspective? Well, it's funny because probably my biggest fault is trying to do everything myself and I'll, mm. I'll take that on board. But I don't think anyone markets their 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 own company like the owner because the passion is intense when it's your business. We, we are a family business. My son's in the business as well. Um, and I didn't actually realize he studied engineering, but then he started to see what I was doing and thought, oh, actually, that looks like fun. So he's now fully ingrained in the business. And the reason, you know, I'm talking about Alex is I took him to a networking event, which I find is very important because you need to network with the buyers and, and, and meet the people because they will remember you as a family, as we are. But it was only at a networking event that I realized that my son was actually so like me when it came to people. And I'd never realized it before. But you're either a people person or you're not. I love meeting people, probably, as you can tell, I love to talk. Going <laughs> will find someone anywhere. And I remember on another flight, we were flying somewhere and we were all separated. Or I think you were separated. Do you remember? We were going Budapest or something. And then by the end of the flight, you'd planned this guy's wedding for him. And I know. I almost actually sold a wedding here. It turned out the guy, I always think you're two people away from the person you need. And, and I find that I have, everybody's got a joke about you can put me in an airport anywhere in the world and I will find someone that I know or that I'm connected to. It's the most bizarre thing. I travel a lot myself. I love it. Um, my husband travels nonstop, so sometimes he doesn't want to travel for leisure so much. But, but I think networking and how do I get the clients? Basically, um, I never stop networking. Um, I help people myself. I'm in this business for the long game. I connect people constantly. Because I just feel like if you do the right thing at the right time, it's going to come back and you'll get 
karma as they say and I, I strongly believe that 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 if you do the right thing throughout everything, and obviously we've all been challenged and I don't, I'm not going to touch on what we're all going through just now, but networking is massive for me. And I spend probably 25% of my day networking, honestly, to Ooh, get... Break that down. If someone's listening, like, okay, so they can't go out. So for you, that's on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. It's you're, you're quite from from what we've spoken about when we've um, had catch ups. Is you know you you're on Zoom a lot. You're speaking to people. Yeah. You're asking questions. So that's what you mean. And just if, so if someone's listening, like, how can they network when they're in their house? It yes. is. So you found LinkedIn to be a really good Absolutely. tool for you. Yeah, it always has been. Um, I worked in Dubai for a while in aviation. So LinkedIn was my tool to find the right people in aviation that I needed to speak to. So I kind of started using it a long time ago. I absolutely love LinkedIn. I know that maybe yourself included, Kelly, you're very active on Facebook and Instagram and that works for you. What I was trying to do was build a, a product that was had a little air of mystery. So I don't use Facebook a lot. Um, I think that's for maybe my competitors and things. I want to be a little bit, oh, hang on, we found this or we've heard about this. I prefer to be word of mouth. And I think LinkedIn has helped me with that. Um, I probably make three or four new connections a day. Honestly, I never have a day go by without uh, being on LinkedIn. I do business on LinkedIn. I don't post perhaps enough on LinkedIn. But I think professionals out there view LinkedIn for what I'm doing as their best platform mm. to have private chats. And you're, to me, you're more credible. Yes, I love Instagram. It's a storybook for me. When I, I mean, so answer your question LinkedIn is my number one tool always has been until something better comes up I mean Zoom I'd never even heard of until a year ago now I'm never off it but my message would be never ever stop connecting with people and never stop helping people it doesn't take any of your effort or time to just connect somebody with somebody you know that will help them in the future. I think with Facebook for what I do, because I'm trying to attract a global audience, it's not my platform. I've been proved a little bit wrong because staycations are on, on everyone's lips right now. But and, and I've gone global. So I've spent quite a bit of my marketing fee on, on attending luxury events. So I've identified a few and they're expensive to do. But for me, it's got me in front of the right the right people. Uh, so luxury events are where sort of similar um, luxury properties, hotels. So it's where I guess travel agents, um, agents that represent individual people or they then become your connection. Absolutely. And, and through that, I've always feel like if you aim high, you'll gain high would be a sort of saying and you get what you accept. And I think that might have come from a friend called Kelly Lundberg, but it's <laughs> always been in my mind always um, since I met you. And I think if, if I set out to differentiate Turin from, from others, because it's easy to fall into the category, there's many, many big properties in Scotland, 
that are not, you know, are, are fabulous and probably much prettier than Turin on the outside. But I feel like on the inside, heart and soul is different, even in the hospitality sector, what we do with our clients on the inside and what we deliver. So for that, you can't put it on a website. It doesn't translate. You have to hear the passion in our, in our voices and, and meet us. It's about, you wouldn't, I think the booking online for hotels, well, then you're going to get a hotel. I always say to even agents that are booking us, can we meet the client before they come? Because then you have a much better feel for who you're dealing with. There's no such thing as a client. It's a client from uh, Bahrain is completely different to a family from Los Angeles that's a multi-gen and the grandparents are paying and they've got the teenagers and everything else. Even a multi-generational family from Bahrain, um, which we've had with all the grandchildren and everything else, it's a different it's a different method altogether. Mm, it's, mm. And that's the difference. That, and I think a mistake in hospitality that people make is that people are names, numbers. They're not. They're, they're personalities. So how do you identify that before they get here? So it's just probably over-delivering as well would be something that I know we're guilty of. But... I think when you're in business um, and you're setting up, regardless of what you're doing, I think LinkedIn is your professional tool would mm-hmm. be the answer. A long answer, sorry, Kelly. We <laughs> over deliver, you know, from, from from you know, when, when we've come and stayed, like I remember um when Graham and I came and stayed a, a couple of years ago and he commented that he liked these little biscuits that you put out. And then when we went to bed that night after a lot to drink, um, you had already sneaked into our room and put a big box of those biscuits in, or, or like peanut things in his room. And he was like, oh my God, that is so nice. Like we had, we talked about it at say five o'clock in the afternoon. And by the yeah. time we were in bed, it was maybe like two o'clock in the morning, but you yeah. had sneaked away at some point and done it. And it's just, I think if you do that for your friends, you do that in business, like that just kind of goes through. Yeah. Um, through and through. So maybe just do a little bit of a run through of what, I mean, if people want to look at the property, actually on my, obviously your Instagram, I've got stories on my page because I stayed, well, I was supposed to be having my 40th birthday party at Turing Castle. I know, I know. We were so excited about that. But I've like- got um, highlight reels. So, so if anyone wants to have a little tour around it, I've also got that on my Instagram. You, so you've mentioned 20 acres. It's 10 bedrooms. Yeah. It's built, a little story, it was built in 1659 and this property was moved in 1900 and it took seven years to move and it was brick by brick. So talk about International Women's Day. The gentleman that owned it died and his wife was left the property. She always hated the location, but he loved to be by the loch, by the water, but she hated it because it often flooded. So she instructed, as soon as he passed away, She instructed the castle to be moved. So each brick in the property has a number. And they literally, by horse and cart, moved this property to this location. 
And she did an amazing job because we have the most incredible views of the Angus countryside. We're kind of perched up quite high, so we never flood. We've got beautiful trees around us. Whoever planned the trees, they are humongous. And we've got so many areas to set up for picnics. We've got petonk, we've got archery. We do Highland Games. We do a lot of destination weddings. So if you want to get married in a Scottish castle, get in touch because that's what we do. We just booked a wedding uh, last week and the bride is, is Russian. And, and, I say, and I always say, let's do something different. What can we do with your wedding that we've never done before and to surprise your guests? So not a spoiler alert, but um, hopefully... <laughs> They're not listening, but um, but we're doing some Highland antics in the gardens during the drinks reception, shall we say. That's all I'll say. Brilliant. Um, and we've got an Outlander wedding coming. Uh, we've got a couple from San Diego in California, and we're super excited about their wedding. It's going to be in September, and they wanted an Outlander-themed wedding. So we have a humanist who's who is very dramatic and he wears long cloaks and we're having a nice sculpture. They're hanging chandeliers in the trees and velvet couches under the trees. And I mean, it's just, it's spectacular. A lone bagpiper standing in another clearing. And it's all about incentive trips we can do. We can do business trips. We can do fishing trips. As I mentioned, golf before hunting is massive. And it's it's about we know Scotland. What do you? Who are you? Because people coming to Scotland don't know what there is available, really. And we try to support local businesses, small businesses that tourism doesn't touch or use. We like to bring them into Turin so they can meet the clients, and and the client gets a real local experience. So. So that's what we try to do. So, yeah, 10 bedrooms, 10 bathrooms, um, ever evolving. Um, in lockdown, we've been busy. We've built a new fire pit that will seat up to 100. Fabulous. We, we sat at it yeah. in, uh, when we were back. Uh, you've got golf, have you not as well? Like yeah, we've got a six-hole golf course, which before you go play an iconic championship course like Carnoustie or St Andrews, which are both, one's 15 minutes and one's 50 minutes from us, so you can play our um, short game. It's about 90 yards per hole. Quite challenging. Goes right round the property. Tons of fun. And of course, Kelly, you tried our petonk, which is new and so much fun. <laughs> I've never played it before. And we just played it with, well, I was the only one standing there shivering with rosé wine. <laughs> you guys were all in red, red, drinking red wine. And I'm there with my rosé wine, like trying to be... It trying to fit in from Dubai in the middle of winter. Like I need to get yeah. a good with the whole the yeah. whole red wine in Scotland in winter. Right. So maybe I'll just kind of wrap up there. Right? Really conscious of your time. But what is one common myth about, you know, maybe your industry or what you're in or you know, your field that you'd like to debunk, that you'd like to say, do you know what? Yeah, it's not like this at all. Oh, everyone thinks that I live in a castle and it's super glamorous and yeah, but every single owner of a property is constantly got their eye everywhere. Every time you walk into a room and you have to walk into every room every day because you never quite know 
what's happening. So it's a lot harder work. I mean, I know we have to wrap up, but one funny last story. I once walked into the bar and a bird had come down the chimney and obviously had been there for 24 hours alive and panicking, had knocked over champagne glasses, knocked over bottles from the bar, obviously been well panicked, so had made quite a lot of mess. We couldn't find the bird, but the carnage that had happened. And guess what? Guests were arriving, housekeeping wasn't there. I had to roll my sleeves up and, and, and do everything and then still be at the front door for the welcome and, and you know, looking the part. And, and I think the misconception is, ask anyone that owns a big property, it is not glamorous. It is really, really hard work. Changing light bulbs is a two-day affair. Um, did about you, once find, every did you find the bird? No, we never did. But boy, boy, did it do damage. I mean, it was ridiculous. And it must have been big because it knocked over heavy things and broke them. So it was it was absolute carnage. I don't know where it went, but uh, there were feathers everywhere. I mean, but that's just one of the stories. Um, okay, <laughs> just personally curious, what's your favourite room in the castle? Probably the library. 100%. It's just so peaceful. We've had guests who've missed a day's activity and said, I just want to stay home and be in the library. It is packed with historic books. My daughter and I spent forever collecting books, sorting them, getting the colours right to, for the look. But at the same time, we picked up an auction books, you know, from the 1600s because nobody wants books anymore because nobody... A, has the space or the time to read them. And it's been really cathartic during lockdown to be able to pick up a book that, that you've had for seven years, but you've never had time to actually read. So yeah. there's so many positives come out of all of this. So, yeah, definitely the library with, with a glass of port and lots of candles. Oh, lovely. I think mine would be too. I love the fire pit. I just love a fire pit and I love the new addition that you have there. It's beautiful. Yeah. But I love the cellar. Oh, yes. Yeah, we've got a fabulous uh, whiskey cellar that actually, again, a story. When we bought the castle, it was two inches deep with water and live frogs were living in it. You I mean, I have... if you see the pictures now, if anyone um, wants to go and have a little look, you've got them on your Instagram as well. Like it is beautiful because you've got the wine one that you can have dinner in. And then you've got this whiskey one. Whiskies from my dad gets quite jealous, actually, when 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 I come up and I send him a picture from the uh, from the whiskey cellar. And he's like, I want to be there. <laughs> I know we've probably got over 100 whiskies and it's just it's a fun room. I wanted to have surprises so that. Maybe on day two, when when guests are in the castle, we can suddenly say, well, actually, follow me, because you haven't seen this yet. And then they just kind of wow, and they can have aperitifs down there. You can dine in the wine cellar. We can seat up to 10 people. And the whiskey room, we can seat probably 10 as well. So we've done a couple of times that um, we've put guests down there as a surprise for dinner, and then they've switched over halfway through the meal. We once did a Lebanese feast in the cellar. Um, don't ask me why, but it was just oh. <laughs> so, so many stories. You need to write a book one day. 
I, do you know, I think actually one day I will, because there's so many funny things happen and they happen so organically because you just have an idea and, and depending who's in and what their dynamic is, how could, what could we do that would make this even better? You know, just from taking the kids and creating a sleepover in the Tartan Courtyard, we had um, five 11 year olds and I said to the parents, would you like a night off? We don't have babysitters, but the castle's so big that we can create a space for for the girls that they're still within the castle, but they're so far away from you. And we set up beds and we put candelabras in and we made it like almost like a Beauty and the Beast table for them for breakfast. And they had pancakes and the chef brought it all in and they sort of had this fabulous breakfast. And they felt like they'd left the castle because it was just a whole other experience. So, um, right, love idea. Right, how can people come and find out more? We've talked about Instagram. So, what what are you on LinkedIn? I guess that would be because you're the queen of LinkedIn, and then maybe share the the website of the castle and Instagram. Absolutely, and please do follow us on Instagram. Um, it's lots of fun, lots of inspiration, and if you if you want to come to Scotland. We're not just about Turin, you know, we help people if, if you've got an idea and there's only two people and you don't want to take, Turin doesn't do per room, we do per castle. So it's exclusive use of the whole property. That said, we've several times had couples that have taken the castle for themselves. But yeah, if you want to get in touch, please connect with, with me on LinkedIn because you never know I could connect you on to somebody else. Tell me, you know, you follow Kelly. She's so inspirational. I absolutely adore what she does. She's continually pushing me, inspiring me, because we all have our our, our things that we could do better. So I'm always open for, for advice. But yeah, if we can help anyone in any way and, and just connect, follow us and we'll follow you back. It's about building an audience. So on, in, so on LinkedIn, how did they find you? What you're- Yvonne Corbett. Perfect. 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 Well, thank you so much for your time. I cannot wait to come back. As soon as the sky is open, I am there and we'll be back. And yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we'll be allowed to open um, first this time because we're a private, private, secluded countryside venue. So I think um, that from the past and what the government's saying, hopefully we'll be the first to open. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and wishing you every success to you and your beautiful family. Thank you so much, Kelly. Bye everyone. Pleasure to meet you.